Today on our election watch coverage, we are talking to Katie Spain McLaren, a teaching assistant in the Troy schools. Katie, thank you so much for joining us today on the Hudson Mohawk magazine. Thank you for having me. Could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, what's your background? How do you spend your time? I am a lifelong resident of Troy. I am a mom to five kids, grandmother to two with a third on the way. I am a member of the zoning board currently, finishing up my fourth year now and was on it previously for four years. I am, like you said, a teaching assistant in school too. I've been in the district for about 23 years. Graduated from uh, Boston College with a math degree, thought I was going to be in banking, and my first child came and put the the breaks on all of those plans because I ended up being a stay-at-home mom for about 12 years. So when I started volunteering and being in the school building, I realized that, hey, this is what I want to do. So here I am all these years later. I grew up in Troy, actually in District 3. My childhood home was in District 3. My husband and I bought our first house there, and now we are currently in a different neighborhood, but still in District 3. You mentioned you're on the zoning board. I was wondering if you could discuss a little bit more. What is the zoning board and what do you all work on there? The zoning board basically oversees the zoning code. And Troy just recently passed a new zoning code, which took a long time to rewrite um, or redo. I was actually on the steering committee that helped rewrite that. The zoning code kind of governs what allowable uses are for the parcels of land throughout the city. People who would like to do something outside of that code need to come to the zoning board for a variance. Um, So that's like if I am in like a residential neighborhood and I want to open up a corner store or something like that. Is that what you mean? Exactly. If it's an allowed use in that neighborhood, you know, uh, residents can find in the code the list of allowed use in certain spots so that hopefully they could make an informed decision before they were to buy a property. If they were to buy it knowing that it needed that variance, then they have self-created their hardship and it would be harder for them to get a variance. Thanks for that. And why did Troy go through this process of rewriting some of the zoning regulations? It was antiquated. Maybe the 80s was the last time it was done, but it was so out of line with Troy's comprehensive plan and just with the need of the city. We were finding a ton of people coming for variances because the things that they wanted to do was against the old code. So it was revamped a little bit. We're seeing fewer people coming for use variances, which is awesome because those are very difficult. We don't go through the process of redoing the code to then all of a sudden change uses because so much thought, you know, a lot of expertise was thought in creating the code the way it is. Area variances are not as difficult to come by if you can show good cause and that it's not going to cause a detriment to your neighbors, the neighborhood, their property value, things like that. The biggest one right now is parking. Basically, our new code does not have a requirement for parking because they found that in cities that parking isn't required so that parking can't be the cause of a project not going through. It used to be so many of the cases that we saw were parking. Um, so it's cut down drastically on the amount of cases that we have before us. 
I have a ton more questions on this topic, but we are here to talk about you running for Troy City Council <laughs> District 3. Can you tell us the broad stroke range of what District 3 covers and maybe a little bit about what you're hearing or some of the issues most important to District 3 constituents? Absolutely. So District 3 is pretty large. I don't want to say it's the largest. And we just underwent some lines changing. So a lot of folks that I thought lived in my district don't anymore. But we go from Oakwood Avenue, goes from Hummiston Avenue down to Hoosick Street, all the way up to North Lake Avenue. And then it crosses Hoosick and goes up to Burdette, to Tibbetts, and uh, Bountain Road. So it's fairly large. We've got two hospitals two schools, two major parks. So it encompasses a lot. In my walking door to door, I have met so many wonderful people who really love the city, are concerned uh, with a lot of things, more quality of life things like I'm meeting folks that have lived here for decades and decades. And now all of a sudden they're needing to worry that people are breaking into their cars at night. Or a big thing is people uh, driving through neighborhoods to avoid Hoosick Street traffic um, and the speed on Hoosick Street. A lot of folks would like to see some more um, policing, although Troy has really stepped it up and they have noticed it. They would like to see more of that, whether it's uh, in conjunction with, you know, maybe the county, state troopers, whatever, just to really keep the speed down on Hoosick Street. But when people cut off of Hoosick Street to get, say, to North Lake Ave, and and they go fast. And we have a lot of, you know, if you don't know the neighborhood and know that there are a lot of animals, a lot of people, a lot of kids, it can be a dangerous situation. Absentee landlords. So in, in District 3, there are a lot of neighborhoods that are primarily single-family homes with residents who have, you know, like I said, lived there for decades. And there are also... In the RPI area, a lot of two-family homes that are now being rented out to students. Several of those homes are also people who have been there for decades, rented to a tenant, you know, in their building and seeing the buildings around them go on the market, get sold, and now being used as housing for RPI. You know, obviously, uh, absentee landlordism is a is a difficult uh, thing in the city, and uh, so the folks on that side of Hoosick Street, uh, particularly, are are feeling that. Now, Katie, when you think about running for Troy City Council, what motivated you to run, and why should our audience vote for you if they live in District Three in this upcoming election in November? Troy is near and dear to me because I've lived here forever and this district is as well. And I've I've seen the changes myself in how the neighborhoods are made up now, kind of on a broader scale. I feel like it was time for me to give back. I've been very fortunate. I was approached in the past to run and I wasn't in a position where I could. Uh, my youngest daughter, she's autistic and she has some other needs, which really made it so that I, I wouldn't have been able to give 100% to the job. And I wouldn't have wanted to take it any other way. Um, I'm in a much better position now. She's in a much better place right now to where I can spend the time that I need to spend on this. We've been very fortunate as far as our community services. Nearby hospitals, the the fire department has been amazing in the struggles that we've had, um, the police department as well. And so in addition to wanting to see those departments fully staffed because of the wonderful work they do, it's time. It's time for me to be committed to doing more than I have volunteering and, and things like that. 
the attorney general's office has been interested in Troy uh, mm-hmm. at the police fatal crash at 15th and Husik and related to Burdett Birth Center and uh, obviously Harbor Point Gardens, but two of those areas are in District 3. Um, I was wondering if you had anything to say about any of that. I am absolutely opposed to that closing. I've been following, I've been to all the hearings. The attorney general was amazing, Um, sat there all day, very interested. She really, I feel connected with the people who testified and took great notes, asked great questions, and, you know, kind of gave her support behind um, the people who have started this effort to to keep it open. Of my five kids, three were born at, on the Samaritan campus and two on the St. Mary's campus. So pretty much the same healthcare system. You know, it's invaluable, not just, you know, especially in our district, so many families who are underserved already, it really would cut off access to safe, fast emergency care or, um, you know, compassionate care with the uh, the midwives um, and the doulas that work in conjunction with the, uh, the health center. So that is a really huge deal to me. I followed that the story about, you know, the high-speed chase and the tragedy of that. I'm not going to point fingers at anyone. Clearly, there was an error in judgment. I don't want to minimize what happened uh, to the man who passed away Personally, I don't know that I have all of the information, but from what I've heard, there's already been talk about making some changes in the way that police are responding to calls. I get that lights and sirens tip people off, and sometimes you have to travel without them. Did they need to travel at those high rates of speed? That's not for me to say, but I, you know, I know personally, I wouldn't think so. They were in good faith executing what they thought was their job. And so was the delivery driver. And it's, it's, it's tragic. It is tragic. Uh, Katie, we have quickly burnt through our time, but I want to give you the last word here today. What haven't we discussed that we should know about you, Katie? Well, I work hard. I'm accessible on Facebook and Instagram. And my email is listed on both of those sites. I will come and talk to anyone. I will make sure to make myself available. And I will, you know, if elected, I will continue that um, to hold town hall meetings, um, meet with with people in District 3, because it really matters to me. It's my district, lived there my whole life, and I it matters to me what matters to them. So I, you know, I want folks to know that. Katie Spain McLaren, thank you for joining us today on the Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Thank you.